Hi, season two of Third Culture Africans is here. And that includes our brand new website, www.thirdcultureafricans.com. On this week's episode of Third Culture Africans, my guest is Tiwalola Ogunlesi, a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, a co-active coach, a transformational speaker, and someone who believes in living freely and authentically. This episode is unlike any that we've done on the podcast so far, especially as it focuses on a part of our beings that I'm super passionate about, emotions, mental health, and well-being, especially in these uncertain times. I hope you enjoy this episode and the gems that Tua drops, especially as we talk about navigating COVID and her journey and just how she's been able to transform what could be perceived as negatives and creating opportunities. Welcome to another episode of Third Culture Africans. I am your host, Zezo Sal. I created the show as a resource for our community of Africans and African diaspora. A safe and honest place to share, inspire, motivate, and most importantly, celebrate those in our communities doing purposeful work and shifting the needle on our culture. Your support is invaluable to the show, so please subscribe or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and leave us a review on your favorite streaming platform. You are valid, you are strong, and you are just getting started. Well, thank you, Tua, for joining us on this week's episode of Third Culture Africans. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you on the show because I feel like your work, and you can introduce your yourself and your work in a little bit, I feel like your work and what you do is so pivotal, especially in our culture, um, African culture, and I guess we'll delve into it a little bit more, but Tiwa has founded Confident in Killing It about three years ago. I've got in my notes, aka self-love activist, confidence coach, and inspirational speaker. Would that be accurate? Yes. <laughs> in your own words, do you identify to that as, I guess, your work now? Yeah, so Confident and Killing It is really about waking women up to their worth so they can be confident, unstoppable, and just dare to live the life that they truly desire. So really, my mission in life is to make self-love the norm um, rather than the exception. And so that's where the whole kind of self-love activist comes from where I believe everyone should love and believe in themselves like that's not a luxury for a certain group in society everyone deserves to love and believe in themselves because so much incredible things happen when we do love and believe in ourselves oh I've also added being a confidence coach and specializing in positive psychology so that's also something that I do as well so I have one-to-one clients and we really look about like mindsets confidence and just get creating a mind that empowers you cool so your background is in well you have a BA in Spanish and business management and then you studied fashion and communications what made you kind of go from that to okay how do I make an impact to well I guess in the lives of women and also to a specific generation of women who need to kind of start looking at what am I worth like 
my emotional self, my psychological self, what is that value and, and how does that impact my life? So the fashion communications was just kind of like a one-year thing whilst I was in uni. So I took, I was studying Spanish and business management and I had a year abroad. So my year abroad, I decided to just do something creative because I had really limiting beliefs that I wasn't creative and, you know, and so I really wanted to challenge those limiting beliefs and actually put myself in a an environment where I would have to be creative. And so I went to a fashion communication school and did a course for a year, which was great. And that helped me kind of challenge all the limiting beliefs I used to think of myself. And it really brought my creativity out. So um, one thing I always see a lot with women is that they let fear and insecurity get in the way of their dreams and of their goals and of the things that they want to do. So how Confident and Killing It started was after university, I decided to volunteer as a youth leader. I was working at a job in Oxford for an engineering company in their marketing department, and I really didn't like it. So I thought, okay, let me spend my time doing something more tangible, more like kind of purposeful. And so I decided to volunteer as a youth leader working with young women aged 15 to 17. And when I was speaking to them about what they wanted to get out more of in life, every single one of them was saying stuff about wanting to be more confident, wanting to learn to love themselves more. And I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. Like I remember when I was 16 and I didn't love myself. And here we are again, another generation of young girls growing up, not loving themselves. It's just not okay. So I decided to create some content and made a video about how important it is to love and believe in yourself. And I started sharing it and yeah, that's how things really took off. So, um, yeah, there just seems to be this generational cycle of low self-esteem in women and society has kind of normalized it, but I don't think it's okay. Definitely not. You kind of, I guess, have thrown in a part of confronting your own journey and your own, I guess, view of yourself at the time that kind of launched or spurred on, I guess, where you're at now with confident and killing it. But at, was there a point where you felt like you needed to formalize that in, in education that made you think, okay, I'm passionate about spreading, you know, confidence and empowering women and young girls, but is there a way that I can do this so that it's credible? So was there ever a credibility question for you or just through your sharing, it kind of grew legs. And as a result of just being you, you've been able to solidify yourself as a confidence coach and inspirational speaker. Cause I think for most people who have that aspiration, where do they begin is usually the question. So I started coaching before I got my official coaching qualification. It was just because I was super passionate and people kept on asking me for advice. And so I just thought, you know what, let me just say, hey, I'm coaching. If you want me to be your coach, here's the link to sign up. And people actually did sign up which was great. And so I tested and experimented, you know, in my early days. So this was back in 2017, also 2016. And it was after I had done like coach my first like three clients and I saw the change and the impact it had in their lives. I was like, okay, wow, I definitely want to do this training. And, you know, start to solidify myself in this path. So I was still working full time when I did my NLP training, which is a neuro-linguistic programming. And that's all about understanding how your mind works and language and behavior change and things like that. 
So I did that as well. And I got the master practitioner in that. And then I also have my coactive coaching, which I've been doing. Well, I finished it now, but I was doing it this year for the first six months of this year. It's important if you want to be something, you can call it as if it was already that thing. So I wanted to be a coach. I knew I wanted to empower women as my full-time job and coaching because I was already kind of like, into personal development, coaching seemed really natural for me. So I decided to call myself a coach even before I was a qualified coach. But because I presented myself in such a confident way, people, and because I had already been sharing information that was valuable, people caught on to it. That's kind of how my journey started. But I think if you want to be a coach, if you got a fire burning in your heart, just start. And, you know, you can always get the qualifications as you go, but don't feel like, oh, I can't start my idea or my passion until I get all the qualifications in the world, because you do learn a lot from just starting. And when you start, you get the motivation to keep going. That is very true. But then how does that take you from working with the corporates that you work with? Or is this just based on merit now working with some of the big Obviously, when I started, I didn't start with corporates. I started with everyday individual women so that it worked for the clientele. I actually started with university students, actually. Those were my first coaching clients. So obviously, they weren't asking me about what qualifications I had. It was just my experience and my journey, which was enough experience to coach them through it. So obviously, as I started stepping my game up and reaching out to bigger clients and things like that, you do need the qualifications. But a lot of the work that has come to me isn't from a qualification that I have, but it's from word of mouth, people recommending me based on the experiences that they have seen me speak or, you know, they have seen me run a workshop. So actually, corporates haven't asked for my qualifications that much because they've just heard so many good things about me from the way I show up and deliver my stuff. There's something in, I guess, the practice of the work that you do. I'm a huge advocate of investing in your emotional and mental health because one, I, you know, personally, I'm, I'm a ball of emotions. But then also, I think it's seldomly addressed in our culture as Africans, that this is a huge part of your being and plays a huge role in how you tackle life, make decisions, your career, your relationships, how you parent. It has such fundamental bones to it that the cultural norms and values and you now basing your work around, in some ways, challenging that, right? Because there's a huge part of your work that speaks to breaking generational cycles. Is that conscious? I guess that's the question. What Was that conscious for you to tackle in your work, a, a form of kind of breaking those generational cycles of, you know, a girl questioning her body or, you know, how she should walk into a room or, you know, going for that job interview? Is there something in your work that's targeted towards that? Yeah, of course. I mean, that was the foundation of where my work started. I noticed that there seems to be a generational cycle of low self-esteem in women. So I decided that enough is enough. We have to do something about it. And I think the people who want to see change in the world and who want to do good things need to be just as you know, loud and as energetic and as strategic as people who are pushing messages of hate and insecurity 
and things like that. So waking people up and breaking those cycles of low self-esteem and negativity is at the core of what I do because you can't change something if you're not even awake to the fact that you suffer from it. So in my latest podcast episode, I spoke about is your mind sabotaging you because you know, you can't love and believe in yourself if you don't even know that the way you talk to yourself is bad. And there's another way to talk to yourself. A lot of the things that I do is help people challenge their beliefs. But I guess the the average person, their understanding of that voice in their head or, or that voice that speaks to them, for a lot of people, I don't even, and I don't know if you've come across this in your work, I don't even think a lot of them understand the origin of that voice even. Yeah, absolutely. They don't. And I asked a few people about this and where it comes from. It comes from a couple of places, you know. One is society and the messages you get when you're growing up, when you're younger, you know, constantly hearing things like, oh, women can't do this, or, you know, that's not a woman's place, or women should be good women and quiet and, you know, don't run around too much. And, you know, when you see boys getting treated differently to girls and all of those sorts of things, right? So a lot of the messaging we get from society and the messages really drive women to feel insecure. For example, you know, the advertising we get, you know, get this lipstick, then you'll be confident. Use this perfume and then men will love you. That's the way a lot of advertising messages work. So women and young girls grow up believing that I need external things to make me feel worthy and beautiful. But the truth is that all of that comes from within you already, right? Your lipstick doesn't give you worth. You have worth because you exist. This podcast is sponsored by Malay Natural Science. Malay's products are inspired by the rich landscapes, alluring scents, and ancient wisdom of Africa. Their luxurious fragrance and body care range balances 100% natural active ingredients and scientifically proven formulas to heal, protect, and pamper your skin. Malay ships worldwide and you can buy their products at maleeonline.com. They also offer a free sample if you'd like to try. I guess there's a huge part of your work that is about transformation Mm -hmm. and whether that's transformation in belief, transformation in understanding. But I guess a a key thing, and I I have this in bold and underlined, transformation is is at the core of what you're trying to do. So each, each time you give a session or each time you, you know, walk into a room and, you know, you are at the helm of, I guess, guiding or coaching, transforming. Would you use the word transformation or or evolution or, or, or what would that be for you? Yeah, it is transformation because, you know, first of all, you're waking up to something new, to a new perspective. And that new way of looking at life transforms your whole life from the way you see yourself, from the way you talk to other people, from the way you go after your dreams and what you want in life. It does, being confident and believing in yourself, it does do a whole 360 transformation. I often call myself like a transformational speaker rather than just an inspirational speaker because the inspiration gets you excited and wakes you up. But I focus a lot on the practical tools that people need to transform the way their mind works. So rather than having a mind that is sabotaging you all the time, you have a mind that empowers you. Is that something that you can achieve though in one session? So confidence is a practice. You know, transformation is a practice. 
you know, you don't go to the gym once and get a six pack the next day. That would be unrealistic to think that, you know. And in the same way, years and years of thinking that have been ingrained in you are not just going to drop and be out of your mind in a second. But what does happen in one session is that wake up, is that realization that you have the power of choice to decide how your life goes. And you have the power of choice to decide, you know, are you going to invest in yourself and make this a lifestyle or are you going to hide behind your fears and your insecurities? So a lot can happen in one session when people actually look at, okay, who am I? What are my strengths? What are my interests? How is there alignment in my life? That definitely wakes people up to realize that they have everything they need inside of them already and they have the power of choice to master their mind and program is for success. But it's not just about what you know, it's about what you do with it. So if you know what your strengths are, but you never reflect on them, you never you know, invest in yourself and your personal growth and your confidence, then you will not live a transformative life. So it's not something that happens in the moment. It's an evolving process where you have to put in the work and then you see the results. I guess that speaks to you know self-realization. And then there's the part of therapy that is cognitive behavioral therapy right and, mm-hmm, and I guess mm-hmm. there's something in the work that you do through coaching that that taps into that yeah you know I, I remember seeing um you put out a message basically saying I'm taking some time out and I'd love to kind of touch on your podcast and and, and the things that you share there but you put out you know a message saying look you know I'm taking time out and I'll be off for x number of weeks because you know I need that time that's something that seldomly people share openly. I'm currently reading The Joy of Burnout by Dina Luberman. Mm-hmm. And I was recommended that book because, again, I think that's one of the things that we tend to ignore in our journeys, that actually burnout does turn up in our day-to-day journeys of striving, achieving success, of all the things that society tells us that we need to push forth for. Is the level of honesty that you put out in, say, the podcast part of the purpose for you? Yeah, I really believe in building authentic relationships with people. I think I go for authenticity over perfectionism any day. So for me, it's not goals for people to think that my life is perfect and I have everything under control and I never burn out and I'm doing so much all the time because that just is not true. It's just not true. We are all humans. We do burn out. We do cry and get emotions. And so I really believe in the power of vulnerability of, you know, opening up and sharing your full human experience, not just the side that's glamorous and that people love, but, you know, sharing all of it. And I have a special highlights on my Instagram that's called struggles because when I'm feeling down or feeling upset about something or, you know, feeling insecure about something, I will share that with people because I never want people to think being confident means you're confident 100% of the time, every single day at every single moment. That's not true. We have a whole array of emotions and that's part of the human experience. So part of my purpose absolutely is to be authentic and show the whole human experience because it's often the perfectionism that keeps people trapped. I want to wake people up so they can live a life of freedom that belongs to them. And if I'm not living freely myself, 
then how can I be telling other people to live freely as well? So living freely means being unapologetic, being authentic, and that's just one of my core values. So I have no problems opening up about my insecurities and my fears and things like that because it's part of being human and it needs to be normalized. I think one of the biggest elephants in the room in any conversation today is COVID and living in the middle of a pandemic. What are you seeing or or what advice would you give to anyone in this time? Because, you know, people are losing jobs. People are under huge societal changes, changes in the structure of their family lives, changes in their working environment, probably not socializing as much as they were. All of those things, I guess, the government is seeing is having huge impact on, you know, people's mental health and in turn affecting things like their confidence, affecting things like how they're navigating just their day-to-day activities. Can you share any advice for anyone through this time? I'm sure this is probably a question you're getting asked all the time, right? (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a video about this as well. You know, the key thing about resilience is a couple of things. First thing is perspective. So I quit my full-time job in December last year and to run Confident and Killing It full-time. And I started this year on a high, you know, everyone had such big expectations for 2020. And I remember to saying to everyone, oh, 2020 is my year, 2020 is my year. January, you know, things were slow. I had just started. February, things were picking up a little bit. March, you know, International Women's Day, things were happening and then lockdown happened and every single thing got cancelled. So all the bookings that I had lined up, you know, all the events, I had the biggest event of that I've ever done planned for this year that was meant to be in March. All of those things got cancelled and I felt like I literally hit rock bottom where all the income that I was meant to be getting was no longer going to come in. And so I was like, oh, where do I go from here? Now, my negative thoughts were telling me that I'm done. My business is over. Like, you know, I might as well give up and go back into the corporate world and get another job. But I had to ask myself and say, is that what I want my story to be? Do I want my story to be that the moment I faced a bit of challenge and hardship, I gave up? No, that is not what I wanted my story to be. So I focused on gratitude. You know, what can you still be grateful for in this situation? What if challenges aren't here to break you, but to grow you? And, you know, I had been saying, oh, I want to do a podcast. I've been putting it off. I was saying, oh, I want to do an online course. I had been putting it off to just say, oh, no, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And the fact that COVID came pushed me to do everything online. And now my business has grown so much than it would have if I stayed doing things in person. So, you know, what if challenges are here to grow you, not break you? And I had to ask myself, like, what is the story I want? Going back to perspective, you know, are you looking at what you don't want or are you focusing on what you do want? Are you looking at what's not in your control or are you focusing on what is in your control? You know, whether they cancel my events or not, that's not in my control, but I can create opportunities for myself. I can be creative and and do my own thing and build my own community. That is in my hands. And so, you know, if anyone's going through a challenging time right now, people can take away things from you, but there are some things they can't take away. They can't take away your confidence, your creativity, your mindset, all of these things you have to invest in so that even if your job gets taken away, 
your job is not who you are. And being able to differentiate your identity from the things that happen to you is so important. I think this is a huge thing, especially in the African community, being that we place people's success in their personal careers quite high and seldomly sort of tackle who you are. So it's, oh, here's doctor so-and-so. You know, we all have to be doctors, accountants, or engineers, right? Because all those professions certainly make much better people than anyone else, don't they? And that in 2021, and for, you know, a woke group of people or generation of people, you know, because you, you keep referring to waking up and I guess, you know, everyone says woke, right? The one thing I realized about being woke was that it's actually not as common as you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not as, and it's very isolating actually, because then you are now challenging cultural norms and values that pretty much a good 90% of the people around you are walking around with in life. And so when you then start to question but who are you? You're not your job or your success or, or the cutting in Daily Mail or Vogue or whatever that mentions you or, or the companies you've worked with or how many employees you have or do you have an office or don't you? Especially in entrepreneurship, those are things that certainly I was guilty of wanting to achieve early on when I started. And I think it took me probably about the first sort of six, seven years of sort of being on that hamster wheel and going round and round till I realized that I was now chasing what everyone placed value on. And that wasn't necessarily, like you say, what do you want your story to be? Yeah. So even for me, you know, a big thing, my biggest challenge was learning to define success on my own terms, you know, because as an entrepreneur, it's like, oh, Society says success is the numbers and the likes and the followers and the money and the thing like that. But, you know, if you base your success on other people's approval, you will always feel like you're second place. So for me, my biggest challenge was moving away from the likes, the shares, the followers. I'm just like, I love Maya Angelou's definition of success, which is success is liking who you are, liking what you do and liking how you do it when you you like who you are and you like what you do, the fact that I put on a workshop is success rather than how many people came to the workshop. You know what I mean? So it was more about like, am I living out my purpose is my definition of success versus how many people are coming, who's paying me, how much money am I making? Because that made me feel miserable. And that happens to a lot of people where they are so afraid to do what they want to do because of that fear of failure. And what if people laugh? What if people say this? What if people say that? But failure for me is ticking society's boxes, disappointing myself to to get the approval of other people. That's failure not whether 10 people came to a workshop or only two people came. So yeah, learning to define success and failure on your own terms is really, really empowering. Amazing. Where does everyone find you? You can follow me on Instagram at Tiwalola, T-I-W-A-L-O-W-L-A and at Confident and Killing It as well. And I have the podcast, which is Confident and Killing It podcast and my one-to-one coaching which is on my website. You can get more information about that, www.confidentandkillingit.com. Thank you so much. I, I do a, a segment in the show, actually, in this season. I, I think I keep forgetting it because I always think I've done it earlier on than not. But 
I get every guest to say their name properly in the right accent. Yeah, so my name is Tiwalala Ogunlesi. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Tiwalala. And it was a pleasure having you on this week's episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Third Culture Africans. We are building a community of leaders and game changers and would love you to join in the conversation on thirdcultureafricans.com. Subscribe for news, for tips and more useful resources on today's topic and more episodes to ignite and inspire your entrepreneurial journey. Carry on the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at Third Culture Africans. Your ratings and reviews are important to us, so please leave one on your favorite streaming platform and help us amplify our voices. Until next time, you are valid, you are strong, and you are just getting started.